it goes back to something I said in a podcast, and that's just go out and talk to people. Talk to people that don't look like you. Uh, talk to people where you may have this stereotypical, um, you know, prejudgment of what they might be like, but then sit down and actually have a conversation. I think you're going to find out they're a lot more like, like you than what you initially thought. So I think the positive thought is just go out into the world, meet people, talk to people, and, you know, find the good in the world because there's a lot of it out there. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in again today. Hey, it's time for us to get some motivation, inspiration, fire. Uh, get fired up. What we do. Hey, we know when life's going to come. We're going to get to the teeth, and then what we're going to do? Get up and get the best life possible. Now, that's if you're in the right mindset to do that. Because we know, and I admit this, when I first had me injured, I spent the first five years pouting, why me, crying, oh, poor pitiful me. But finally, when I decided to get going, let's get going, and we moved on. It only took me five years, though, right? So, but uh, again, some people a little longer. A lot of people are a lot less than that five years. So, uh, more power to them with that. So, it's time to persevere. It's time to move on. Our guest today, you're going to. I'm going. I'm. I'm thrilled to find out that this. This could be fun. Okay. He said he was a former youth sports administrator and coach. All right. All of a sudden, one day, him and his wife got to calling. Sell everything you got. Get you an RV and travel the country. And so that's what they're doing now. And they also got their uh, golden retriever with them. And they don't have the golden retriever name here. So, Dan Klauser, welcome to the show. And uh, now we got to get uh, the wife's name and uh, golden retriever's name. Thanks for having me, James. The uh, the wife's name is Sandy, and the golden name is Euclid. He's named after the Boston Red Sox old third baseman, Kevin Euclid. So there's always a, an explanation when I'm introducing the dog as to how he got that name. <laughs> there you go. Boston. There you go. So, um, yeah, I got a black lab. Uh, he's my service dog. So he's retired now. He's 14 years old, but uh, he's still the dogs are amazing. So yeah, they uh, are. I, I love dogs. There's a lot we can learn from them definitely learn not to be judgmental. I mean, they don't care who you are. They don't care what you look like. They don't care disabled or not, amputated or not. They, As long as they get that love, they're going to give that love back. So, Yep, that's right. And ours is the exact same way. I, I always tell people all dogs are service dogs. It's just some of them actually get the vest. There you go. So, uh, that's right. Our, that's right. Our, our, guys, our guys, 13 and a half years old as well but i'll tell you what he's as young as they come man he still walks three to five miles a day and he's in great shape so finger fingers crossed that he's gonna have a couple more years with us for sure but he is yeah i'm not looking forward to that day comes no no but he, he's definitely he, he is even though he doesn't have the vest he's my servant that's right as well that's for sure that's right uh so. one man one day uh was, we was i was walking my dog at the uh, wally world and uh one guy come up to him and he says that he knows his dog loves him more than his wife loves him. 
And he said, <laughs> he said, you know, I go out there and I take my dog and I put him in the trunk of the car. I come back an hour later. He's wagging his tail. He's licking and kissing me. And he's all excited to see me. He said, but if I put my wife in the trunk of the car and come back an hour later. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> so, so, all right, Dan, let's go and get started here, man. So what's it like to, I don't know, get the call in and uh, get out of the rat race and do your own thing. I mean, to, just to get rid of everything that you accumulated and say, let's start it all over and move and get an RV and go. I would love the traveling aspect. So I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this today. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, it, it's, it's an incredible lifestyle to just, you know, see all the amazing beauty that God has given us in, in this country and you know the the amazing people that are in this country as well i know you know a lot of times our society you know we're very polarized right now in this day and age but you know i think if you get out there and you meet people and you talk to them and you get to know them you find out that we all have a lot more in common than than we've different and that's been the best part of of traveling and you know from the dog standpoint you know, for him, he loves it because every place there's brand new smells and there's new people to meet. He's not a huge fan of other dogs, I got to tell you, but man, he loves people. So anytime he's out there, you know, sniffing and meeting people, he's, he's all for it. But, you know, selling all our stuff, it was actually, it was incredibly liberating. You know, you, uh, we lived in our house for 20 years. <clears throat> we, uh, you know, just accumulated just so much stuff that we had literally no use for anymore. And, you know, I thought it would actually be a little bit more difficult, um, but it really was liberating to, to get rid of that and, you know, to downsize from a 3,500 square foot house to, a, a you know, roughly just a 300 square foot RV. Um, and, you know, everything we own is, you know, right there with us, goes everywhere that we go. Uh, we do have a couple storage bins in our one daughter's house, which actually every time we get back there, we kind of downsize those a little bit more. And, and most of those are actually family thefts uh, more than anything and just some seasonal clothes, which those are the things that, you know, every time we get back to visit, we'll kind of get rid of the two more or three more pieces. I think say, so, you know what, we probably won't need this down the road. So let's get rid of it. Um, but it was incredibly, um, you know, liberating for us to, to do it. And, um, you know, as we're in the process of doing this, is when the pandemic hit and, you know, kind of fitting to, you know, the, the show title of perseverance, you know, we just, we knew it was still the right thing to do. I mean, we were sitting in the RV dealership the day the governor of Pennsylvania was issuing shutdown orders. And, you know, we, we had this plan to sell our house and, and then, you know, use the pro that to, to buy an RV and then kind of hit the road. So the house was listed we were actually talking to our real estate agent about taking the house off the market because it's, you know, slowing down and we didn't want it to look like a, an old listing. And yet, you know, we sat there knowing that we're, we're now going to have a, a payment and a mortgage payment together, at least for a, you know, some un, unknown amount of time at this point, but yet it still felt so right to just kind of keep moving forward and keep taking the steps that we needed to take. And, you know, a few months later, the, real estate market opened up again and uh, we had four showings on our house and it was, you know, we had a sales agreement and then, you know, it was about a 90 day 
not, not quite a 90 day settlement um, time frame for us, but you know, mid August of 2020, we hit the road and, and haven't looked back and have, have loved every minute of it. But I think it does, you know, it's very fitting that even with, you know, there's obstacles and a lot of unknowns at that time in the world, um, you know, we were still focused on, you know, what we wanted to do and, and hit the road and kind of start this new chapter for us. All right. Yeah, you sound incredible. I have a couple of things I want to go back to. First thing, you did say perseverance. So hold on. Let me get you a uh, fist bump. <laughs> so, uh, and then also, I actually do have a friend that uh, he put his house on the market this week that he wants to do the exact same thing to get an RV and travel. And so I told him, said, Mike, get in and listen in today, man. So uh, hopefully he's popping in somewhere sometime. But he's actually doing the, wants to do the same thing in travel. And uh, third thing, I've said this before. Oh, I don't know if I've said it much on here, but I've talked to other friends. I said, you know, it's amazing. We accumulate all this stuff, stuff, junk, you know, all our lives because it's so important to us. We got to hang on to it, you know. And I said, you know, one day, you know, when you die, people ain't even going to look through and care why you kept it. They're just going to throw it in the trash. You know, if they see something that's interesting, yeah. they can make $4 off of it, they'll keep it. But there'll be a letter or some memorabilia that uh, means nothing but you. It's going to be, it's out of here. <laughs> and so it's amazing the, the stuff we collect because we just, it just meant something to us. So, I mean, so for you to downsize yeah. like you're doing, you and your wife, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a lot of work, a lot of commitment, a lot of uh, giving in, and a lot of acceptance. So it's, it's a lot of uh, perseverance, there we go. And so uh, to, to do that, that, I mean, that, that could be a story of its own, you know, just downsizing and how to choose and pick what stays and goes. Yeah, yeah, it sure can. And, you know, like you said, it, you, you know, you just, you wonder, you know, we, we were finding stuff that we hadn't seen or touched in, you know, years. And we're like, wow, I thought, I thought we got rid of this 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> you know? exactly. And it's just, you know, we, we tell our kids all the time, we're like, look, man, we, we did you guys a huge favor by, by doing this ahead of time. Because like you said, when we're gone, it's somebody else's problem at that point to sort sort through it and most of the time it's going to end up in the dumpster at that point so we uh you know we took care of that for him and you know i, I had a you know we had a finished basement which was kind of like my man cave mm -hmm. i had you know all kinds of sports memorabilia down there you know signed baseballs and signed photos and stuff i send those to me like that and you know, <laughs> I I thought that would be the most difficult part of what i was getting rid of uh -huh. and it really came to a point where it's like you know what? I use out of them. I, you know, I appreciated them for, you know, all this time. And now it's time for somebody else to appreciate them. So, you know, when I was selling that stuff and seeing the reactions of other people's faces as they were buying it and, and, uh, you know, knowing that it was going to be appreciated, you know, even more than someone else was kind of a, you know, again, kind of a liberating feeling that, uh, you know, someone else could appreciate something that I had, you know, had value of for, for, for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now I'm going to uh, throw you a little loop. Now, I live in Tennessee. I'm outside of Nashville. Uh, but I do have me a Carlton fifth sign ba uh, bat over here. So got it, I got it in an auction. So Nice. Carlton Fisk was one of my favorite players growing up. My uh, 
my my brother and his uh, soccer teammates nicknamed me Pudge as I was growing up because yeah. uh, I was a little pudgy <laughs> and uh, I, I caught a little bit and I was a Red Sox fan. So it, uh, it kind of fits. So he was always it broke my heart when he went to the White Sox, but uh, I was glad to see Boston embrace him again um, after his career ended. That was a, <clears throat> a terrible move by the Red Sox to let him go <laughs> when they did, but that's, that's beside the point. He yeah, he, he persevered and proved to them that he would uh, he would still have an incredible career. That he after, still had, after yeah, they, still, had they, still had a couple of good years left. Yeah, they sure did. They they thought he was washed up, and he I, I think he actually went on and played more games with the White Sox and with the Red Sox till it was all said and done. So he uh, oh okay yeah. he persevered and and proved them wrong for sure. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So, so now we uh, so now you you're. Uh, uh, getting your downsizing, uh, you you spotted the right RV to go after, and I mean, and, and of course this this could be a a small show of its own, going from at least say thirty five hundred square feet to three hundred. So that means you and the wife are bumping into each other more often than you're definitely exp- uh, had been used to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I spent a lot of time in the man cave when we were in the house. And I also, with the organization I ran, I mean, I worked 80, 90 hours a week. Um, so it really went from, you know, seeing each other a relatively limited amount of time when we lived in a regular house to being with each other pretty much 24 seven. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, have asked us, you know, man, how did you, how did you make that work? And uh, I think it just proved, you know, how strong our love was for each other. And we've really become closer, um, you know, both physically <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, spiritually and emotionally have become closer throughout this, this journey. So it, it was really, uh, it was a blessing all the way around. And, yeah, I would um, think that would be tough at the beginning again, because you had so much room to be by yourself and uh, have your own time alone. And not that you can't have your own time alone in the 300s. Uh, place but uh um yeah but but you're having to learn more tolerance more patience you know uh, more understanding more learning to get out of the way and leave them alone and yeah so a lot of that had to take place yeah and and i think uh i think the pandemic and the lockdown were kind of a a test run for us and and we mm-hmm. would say that a lot of times when we were you know it was just the two of us in the house now granted we had some space and if we needed to yeah. you know to get apart we we certainly had had room in the house to do that but we would joke all the time about you know this is uh this is god's way of seeing if we're really going to be able to last in, a, in an rv together all the time and uh i think that the pandemic actually helped uh, us you know, kind of acclimated to, to being around each other. Y'all could um, really had a test run. You could really had a test run if y'all like lived in your living room only. Nothing <laughs> else off. <laughs> yeah, except except for bathroom purposes. But uh, you right. know, bring a microwave or a small stove in there, and y'all just live. Y'all really could have had a test run then, right? Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that's a great way to look at it. You're going, you know, we had, you know, anybody asked, you go, yeah, God gave us a test run. He gave us the COVID. Uh, you know, not us to COVID, but the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, we had a test yeah. run to see if we really can withstand each other in, a, in, in smaller spaces. And it's look, you know, look, look what's come out of it. Yeah. 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 It's 
been, it's been great. And you know, the funny thing, a lot of people ask us as well, you know, like, were, were you guys campers? Did you own an RV before? Did you, you know, travel by RV? And the answer to that, oh, <laughs> the first time I ever drove an RV was that day when Pennsylvania was issuing the shutdown orders and I drove RV, RRV off the lot uh, back to the house and knew nothing about what I was getting into, you know, so, um, you know, did a lot of you know, YouTube and reading up on stuff to really understand the, uh, you know, the lifestyle and, uh, you know, it, it all worked out and it just, you know, it was kind of like taking that leap of faith and knowing that it would, uh, that it would all come together when, when it needed to. Yeah. Now, so now what's a, uh, typical, we'll say a typical day first, then maybe a typical week, uh, where you go out, meet more people speaking, you see your speaker. And so, uh, so what's like a typical day and week, uh, for y'all. I think the beauty of our, of our lifestyle is there really is no typical day. Um, every okay. day and every week is, is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, right now we're actually stationary. I, I told you before we record and we're back in Pennsylvania, we're actually staying at our niece and nephew's house. So this is, this is not an RV backdrop behind me right now. Um, and we're, we're here to, uh, help my mother-in-law with some stuff. Um, she's transitioning from one nursing home to another. So we're, you know, we'll be here in Pennsylvania for probably another month or so to get her sorted out. Um, you know, but I think the beauty of this lifestyle is there really is no typical day. Uh, we do a lot of volunteering, um, as well. Uh, um, we've actually done, uh, volunteering in Tennessee and East Tennessee and Roan mountain state park. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we, uh, those are probably our most fulfilling times when we're, we're able to give back, give back. I mean, I come from mm-hmm. a nonprofit organization. My wife, even though she didn't work in a nonprofit was involved in other nonprofits in addition to the one that I had run, you know, it's so always had that kind of volunteerism in our blood. So to be able to continue to travel and still continue to give back has been, um, you know, a really important piece of our, you know, giving us purpose to this, this new journey. Um, but you know, I'll just kind of recap maybe like the last month to give you mm-hmm. an idea of what okay, might good. have been yeah, typical. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. We were, uh, <clears throat> we, we were in Pennsylvania for bulk of the summer and ended up heading out to Wisconsin for a volunteer project. So we had, uh, we left on Labor Day and kind of mapped out uh, our journey till we got to Antigo, Wisconsin, stayed at a, uh, uh, state park in Michigan for two days, stayed at uh, what they call harvest hosts, which are a lot of uh, like farms or businesses where you can stay. And um, we went uh, up through the upper peninsula of Michigan and back into Antigo and we're, we're uh, two weeks on this volunteer project at a raptor sanctuary. So a typical day there was getting up early, walking the dog for a couple of miles uh, getting back and being at the project by about nine o'clock in the morning. We'd work from about nine to three thirty, four o'clock, depending. Um, we'd, we'd get back, uh, spend some time with the other volunteers, you know, shower up and eat dinner and get ready for the next day. Um, and in between that, I'm, I'm finding time to edit podcasts and, you know, schedule additional podcasts for when I knew we weren't going to be tra- traveling uh once we october um and then just kind of kept that cycle for two weeks and then on the way back we had our stops planned uh again going 
up through the upper peninsula of, uh, of Michigan and, you know, staying at, again, these things they call harvest hosts, which again, can be a farm, can be a, you know, uh, a honey place. It can be a horse farm. It can be, you know, a farmer's market, you name it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very cool because it's something you normally stay at, um, you know, so it's a little bit different experience. And then we uh, came across Pennsylvania. Um, you know, our typical driving day when we're traveling is usually about three to four hours. About you know, we try not to go more than two hundred miles. Um, but there were some days in that trip where we would we would stretch it out and get close to three hundred miles. But just because we knew we we to get into New Jersey for the beginning of October, um, I was doing a twenty mile hike in uh in new jersey part of an event called mammoth march so okay. uh you know, got into jersey did the hike and then we went up to see our grandson play baseball he's in his uh freshman year of hudson valley community college in troy new york so we got to go up and see him play a little bit of fall baseball spent some time with him uh took him to breakfast and lunch and um just were able to spend some quality time with him getting back here to pennsylvania and you know now in a you know, on a day when we're not, you know, knowing that we're not going to be traveling here for a while, it's kind of when I, I get caught up on my podcasts and, um, you know, getting stuff scheduled and editing and, you know, guesting on podcasts like this and, and all that fun stuff. So I kind of, you know, it's constant of knowing when we're going to travel, when I can work in, um, you know, hosting guests and being guests on shows and, you know, trying to get caught up on my writing and stuff. Um, so it's always kind of a, constant balancing act but there's definitely uh no such thing as a typical day <laughs> in our lives oh, okay. right now okay well, that, that, i mean that could be good every day is a refreshing start new start yes. basically so that, that's great yes uh, hey so you mentioned your podcast a few times go ahead and uh, tell what's your podcast name and what is your topic yeah so the, the title of podcast is the journey of my mother's son um and uh you know, my, my topic is really just telling the stories of, you know, people we meet, whether it's, you know, in per do a lot of in-person podcasts yet on the road. Uh, and then also through Podmatch, like, you know, the way you and mm -hmm. I connected, um, reaching out and telling those stories and that, that it is inspired, you know, obviously by my mom, she had, uh, taken an old 1967 Plymouth Valiant in the mid eighties and converted it to a makeshift RV. She took the back seat out of it, put a sheet yeah. in there and a mattress and just traveled around the country and did a lot of volunteer work like we're doing. Um, well, that's amazing. Up with friends and family. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I never really thought that I would be doing this, you know? Um, but what made me want to pod, you know, continue podcasting, I podcasted for our organization, um, for, you know, several years prior to doing this, but, as we were starting to turn this new chapter, I wanted to continue podcasting because I love telling those stories. And I was just thinking back that had my mom, you know, had a platform like we have today with social media and podcasting and that sort of stuff, um, how cool it would have been for her to tell the stories of the people she met and some of her experiences yeah. while traveling in real time, as opposed to, you know, after she passed away, we were reading through her journals and, you know, kind of living this adventure with, her you know years and years after it had happened and i was like man it would be so cool for people to kind of follow along with us virtually and you know adventure 
culture with us while we're doing it. That's why I started the podcast. And I, I just love, you know, telling the stories of people. I think every person has a unique story. And I think all those stories can be incredibly inspirational if you, you know, give them the time and the platform to tell it. Yeah, I believe everybody should write a book, even if, even if it's only your memoir. And just because your book can be handed down to your great grandkids when you're you're gone for them to see what you went through and overcome what all of you, you know, was able to help other people in life. And so I believe and not everybody's going to sadly do it. And I wouldn't have wrote one, my memoir, if I wouldn't have had my accident put in a wheelchair. So I know I wouldn't have done it. Right. But putting in the situation, yeah, that's why I wrote that one. But yeah, I think everybody should. I wish I would at least had a cassette tape and stuff taped when I was younger, 12, 13 years old, my grandfather and grandmother telling their stories. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting the second hand from what my mom would tell me things. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the, it's amazing what they went through for us to have a better life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, with the podcasting platform and, you know, you wrote a book and I've, I've published a couple books myself i think that's one of those that really you know you hit the nail on the head or that kind of turns into our legacy you know and i'll tell you what the, the times now where i wish i could find something just anything to hear my mother's voice again or to hear my grandfather's voice again or my grandmother's voice again or some of my aunts and uncles that have gone on um, i would give anything to do that and what you and i are doing is we're we are doing that we're creating that legacy that years after we're gone are kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids who may never have met us in the flesh will be able to, you know, crank onto the internet and yes. pull up an old cast and, and hear our voice and hear our stories from our mouth, not from someone else's mouth. So I yes, think yes, yes. we're, we're doing a great justice to our family to be able to leave that legacy for them to, you know, pull up some of those old memories. And you'd mentioned earlier that I used to be a school teacher for a while and it seemed like you had what that seven or ten percent of kids they required eighty five percent of your attention, and yeah. what you mentioned a minute ago or earlier to the on the show was the you know majority of people you meet are real good people, but what do we see yeah, in the are. news? The eight or ten percent that's getting all the attention with all the negative stuff and all the yeah. great things that's going out there is being ignored. So I, I, yeah. I agree with you too. There's a lot more, even though the, the world right now seems bad, that's because that's what they're portraying in the news. Uh, yep. It's really still a good, uh, a good, good, good to great place uh, yeah. to be. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. And, and you just, you got to take the time, you know, to, to find those good people and to look for the good in people. And, you know, we, we've been able to, you know, witness it and see it and, you know, sit down and talk with people might not look like us very possibly don't have the same political beliefs as us mm -hmm. and can have just a great conversation over good food or music or just sitting out in a campground by a fire, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's so special. And, and again, I think if you're looking for the good in people, you're going to find it by the same token. If you're looking for the bad in people, exactly. you'll find that as well. Exactly. You know, so but, what do you want to look for? So you've been doing this for over two years now. And so have you found other couples that basically had the same idea that they're going to just travel and 
get out of the race you said and just do the same thing and yeah, how you found other people with the same with that uh, same idea. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of the uh, the number is mind blowing. Um, there's actually one and a half million people in the United States that live full time in an RV. Wow. I wouldn't have thought um, that. When I first heard that number, yeah, it blew me away. If you would have told me like 300,000 or 200,000, I would have thought, oh, that makes sense. 1.5 million is, is incredible. Yeah. Well, well I told you uh, earlier. One of the that, uh, for, I was just saying you know, that I told you earlier, a friend of mine, Mike, he said he, he's told me four weeks ago that he was planning on this was his plan. And so, yeah, they're supposed to be putting a house up uh, this week in the market. And, and he said they're ready to go. They're ready to go uh, look for the uh, RV and ready to go. Him and the wife is. I, so I, I welcome, I welcome him into the fold. Um, I want to tell him don't buy an RV that was manufactured between 20 and 2022 Buy something older than that. Um, Cause that was before all the supply chain issues and labor issues were kind of out okay, of hand. Okay. So if you That's listen to advice. go, go older <laughs> yeah. and uh, just in, embrace it. And that's the coolest thing about the, the volunteer projects that we do. Only about 90% of those volunteer projects are with other full-time RVers. There's a handful that will just, you know, are retired and will just go out for a month or so and, and go back to regular house. But the majority are full-time RVers. So um, yeah, it's, you know, to, to be able to work with people like that, like-minded people. And again, from all walks of life, you know, retired military, there's two uh, retired NASA engineers that we do a lot of projects with and retired general contractors and school teachers and firemen and police officers and like just every walk of life, which again, shows you that there isn't like this cookie cutter mold of people who can, you know, sell yeah. everything and, and live mm -hmm. in an RV. Like it literally every walk of life can, can do this if you make the decision to do it. So yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. welcome your, your friend to the fold for sure. And uh, maybe we'll run into him down the road somewhere. All right. And so uh, when you go, you and the Sandy go and you're doing a volunteer stuff, going somewhere else. So you might meet other people that you've been in other projects with. Not to say yes. you hit every yeah. every time you go somewhere. Not to say you hit them every time, but you still meet up with other people you've already worked with before. Because again, you like I said like minded people. Yep. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the project that we just finished in Wisconsin, um, it was a smaller project, so there were only nineteen volunteers. Normally, it's about thirty-two, um, but we had actually worked with every other person in that project with the exception of one couple. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of repeats and, and you get to see a lot of the, the same faces, but you always see new faces as well. And again, to hear their stories and, and understand why. And I've, I've had the opportunity to have many of those people on my podcast and talking about, you know, what led them to their journey of, yes. you know, wanting to go full time and get out of the rat race. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to hear all the different stories of what led each of us to do what we're doing. Um, but there's always just kind of that common thread of we were tired of doing what society was always telling us to do, yeah, you know, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. have the so, big house, have the big yard and all that sort of stuff. Well, I'll give you the big applause and everything that y'all took that leap of faith and, uh, and, and has found it rewarding for you. So I would like to, I don't know if I want to sell everything and get to an RV, but I would like to rent an RV to go travel around for a while uh, just so I can see the other stuff out there. So, yeah. Uh, 
I mean, seeing it on the internet is uh, still different than seeing it personal. So, yeah, yes, it is from there. All right. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So I well, highly, highly recommend you do it, James. Absolutely highly recommend that you do it. All right. Appreciate that. So, all right, Dan. Hey, I appreciate this has been, again, for me, it's been enlightening because I have been thinking about the traveling more, but uh, uh, yeah, it, to me, it's been good. So, all right, hey, Mike, I hope you hopped in a few little bit there and listened to Dan. And Dan, if you hadn't, I'm going to make him come back and listen to it. So, uh, and so get some advice here. So, all right, Dan, hey, will you uh, tell people your websites or social media, uh, maybe your books, uh, and mention your podcast again? Yeah, so everything can be found on my website, which is journeymymotherson.com or danclauser.com. Both URLs go to the, the exact same site and all the links you need are there to the, to the podcast, um, which is available, you know, Apple, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are found uh, links to my books are there. And if anybody wants to engage me for a, you know, a speaking engagement, all that information is on the website as well. So, you know, truly go to my website, you can find, you know, pretty much anything out about me that you need to, that you need to know. And it's uh journeymymotherson.com or Dan clouser.com all right thank you dan appreciate that and uh let's go ahead and finish this up here we know the people are hurting and struggling today and if you could leave us with a positive comment positive statement to help them get through today that'd be a blessing man yeah i think it goes back to something i said in a podcast and that's just go out and talk to people talk to people that don't look like you uh talk to people where you may have this stereotypical um you know prejudgment of what they might be like, but then sit down and actually have a conversation. I think you're going to find out they're a lot more like you than what you initially thought. So I think the positive thought is just go out into the world, meet people, talk to people and, you know, find the good in the world because there's a lot of it out there. They say leave your footprint, but here in your case, you're leaving RV print behind. So, yep. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dan, for being on. Hey, everybody else. I'm Dr. James Purdue. Hey, be sure to share this out. Somebody you know that uh, may be interested in some traveling as well and want to get their RV. You know what they say? You know what they said? Clark, that right there is what you call an RV. <laughs> Dan and I talked about being one of our favorite movies, Christmas Vacation. All right. So, uh, uh, for everybody else, be sure to share us out. Hey, I'm Dr. James Purdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.